Hello and welcome to Braveheart Conversations, where we learn the art of love through brave and compassionate conversations. I am Jillian Landis, and I'm Marie Wallace, and we are your hosts today. Hey everybody, welcome to Braveheart Conversations today. I'm Jillian Aurora, and I'm here today with Marie Wallace. Hello. And we just want to say welcome to our new Facebook Live listeners, our Podbean listeners, our Spotify listeners, whatever platform you're tuning in today, we just appreciate having you here. And um, today we had a topic request, so I'm going to um, read the situation that this person shared with me, and we're going to talk about uh, power differentials, specifically financial power differentials within relationships. So here is the question. On financial power, I would love to know more about what you two had mentioned. Previously, we talked about uh, financial power in our last podcast. Personally, for me, I am in a situation where both my partner and I are in the building stages of our businesses. In this building stage, his business requires all of his money to invest into his brick and mortar, whereas mine is more digital, so my extra cash has been supporting the household. However, his, his company is his and mine is mine, and I'm not comfortable forking out the extra dollars to support the family on my own while all of his cash goes to his business if in the end I walk away with none of it. His point is I don't pay rent, so I'm being stingy. I feel I'm protecting myself and my own cash if the relationship doesn't work out. And the topic of rent is irrelevant, as we both agreed I wouldn't pay it. But per usual, I'm happy to cover all the utilities and half of the food, entertainment, slash travel costs. The question is that if she's not paying rent and the extra money that she's making from her digital business, all of it is going to support the household and his extra money is all going into his own brick and mortar business. Is that equal? Um, and does she have a right to ask for more? So I love this topic because financial power is actually something that comes up a lot for it women. Does. It does. Um, I see it in mediation where we are talking about years down the road where someone has generally held more financial power than the other. Sometimes that's a woman, but more often than not, it's the man that has held the financial power. Mm -hmm. And um, I've also seen it personally in my own life. I think it's so easy to, um, in the beginning of a relationship, when everything's all rosy and happy, you know, you start to get comfortable and you give up that financial power. And for me, it was sort of like feeling like a frog in that warm pot of water that eventually boils. You know, so all the, the areas that I felt I trusted in, eventually they were actually um, the things that were turned and used against me. Um, and my lack of financial power was really exploited. Um, and I don't think that that is something that is unusual for women to experience. So this topic, um, I think 
it's often downplayed, it's often minimized that, well, if you're going to be a good couple together, then you give everything. Mm -hmm. And um, unfortunately, it's really easy to twist the perceptions around um, where you're actually really giving your, your, your power away. And then in the end, he really hasn't given as much financial power as you have. Uh, what have what's your experience been? Same exact thing where we... We want to be that loving spouse or partner that that contributes into the relationship. And it is a slow boiling frog situation because eventually you've given everything into that relationship and, and then you find out that you're screwed mm -hmm. because you it, it hasn't been equitable. And and I think that's a visual thing sometimes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think we feel it emotionally, but we definitely need to look at the numbers and, and figure out what that equation, and then we have to have some hard conversations, mm -hmm. which is, it's not going to be easy, but it's definitely going to be worth it. Yeah, and I think, um, so contribution is an interesting conversation. It's important for everybody to contribute equally to relationships. So a boundary that I have not in just romantic relationships, but in all relationships, is I want equal energy exchanges. Yes. It starts to feel really icky if I feel like somebody's constantly taking from me or asking of me or expecting or entitled. Entitlement feels really mm -hmm. icky, and that's something to pay attention to in your relationships, especially your romantic relationships. If someone feels entitled to your money, to your body, time. to your time, to your effort, you know, I see this in women a lot, um, childcare, or I clean the house, I do all the grocery shopping, I do the laundry, all these things really add up and they're a lot of effort and a lot of time. And very often they're just expected. They're just mm -hmm. entitlements. They are not valued as, as it doesn't have a dollar value on it. So then it's not treated as an equal mm -hmm. exchange. And that's really not a fair thing. Mm -hmm. And, and I've seen the opposite happen because I've seen mm -hmm. men be in the role of caretaking as well yeah. or house cleaning because those roles are changing now and they haven't had the equal exchange. So it's really what you're talking about is that equal energy exchange yes. and and making everything equitable right? So as possible because you know, mm -hmm. it's hard sometimes to see that. But. Yeah, I think that making sure that you're valuing whatever is being contributed to the relationship is really important. So, you know, I remember at a certain point in, in my former relationship, I actually sat down and uh, scoped out what it would cost for a housekeeper that would do laundry, that would do the dishes, that would do all the things. And I was like, damn, that's like I four know. or five hundred bucks a month. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's actually worth a lot. And then I realized... Um, Okay, you're paying utilities. It's like three fifty, and I'm doing all this work. I think I'm actually paying more. You know, it was just it was an empowering um, thought for me, and I hadn't ever really stopped to value those things. And especially as women, a lot of the time, what we do is downplay. Oh, it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. I have to go shopping anyway. I have to clean my house anyway. I have well, to make doesn't... dinner anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what's different doing it for two people or one? Mm -hmm. I've actually done the same thing too. I've sat down and listed all the bills and percentages. I think the visual picture is really what we need to feel that what we're asking for is equitable. So writing down all the bills, 
writing down our contributions as percentages. You and I talked about that before. Mm -hmm. Is writing percentages actually gives you a, a perfect idea of what what what's really going on in that relationship as well as that financial relationship. Mm -hmm. And um and seeing visually where that money's going out as well. Mm -hmm. I think having some kind of budget or some kind of visual where you can see where the money's going out and what you're both contributing, because it is a pool of resources. Mm -hmm. You really want everyone to be contributing in, in all areas, and mm -hmm. it is a pool of resources together. What we're doing with our time and money and, and energy is, is mm -hmm. beneficial to both of us. Yeah. So... What I find is the most effective after working with some couples and even experience in my own life, like I have come to the point that I feel like the best solution, best working functional solution has been you have separate money. Separate money is very, very, very important. We have separate money. Mm -hmm. I also learned the hard way that having some joint money is also very important because at first I lived completely separate and there wasn't a feeling of unity. Mm -hmm. um, I like the idea of having a joint account for joint bills. And then there's the question of how much do you each contribute? And I'm not really a fan of a, a set amount of money from each person. I'm not into, you know, 50% of that account is one person and 50% is the other. I'm more into what percentage of your income. So if both people are paying 30% of their paycheck, that's going to be a different amount, but it's going to be relative to how much money you're making. Um, so I, I feel like that is much more fair. Mm -hmm. um, rather than giving a dollar amount, because yeah. if one person is making twenty-five grand a year and the other one's making a hundred grand a year, and they're both trying to contribute two grand a month, well, that's going to be everything for one and person, yeah. and that's going to be just a small percentage for the other person. So it gets to be equalized there, um, and we do get to look at what else we're contributing in a relationship. It's not just finances. Mm -hmm. um, we also we think is important in our relationship and it may work for others is we each have our own set amount of money that is out that we can do whatever we want with it and it's very empowering because let's say I I want $200 worth of books which is not unlikely and he wants $200 worth of golf I I'm not sitting there or if I want $200 worth of tissues or whatever it is it's not someone standing over me and saying, well, you shouldn't spend your money this way. And, and there's no manipulation or control right. over it. Mm -hmm. I can do whatever I want with it. It's super empowering. And at first when, when these, these ideas were suggested to me, and this was 25 years ago, I was, I was in resistance to having separate accounts, but it's really an, it's a it's, it's freeing it's very freeing and being able to spend my money however i choose is also freeing it also allows me to see well you may not want to spend all of it on books you might want it just mm -hmm. gives me a little bit more power in that mm -hmm. in that situation yeah i think um this has been good both ways for me so i have appreciated being able to spend money without somebody else breathing down my neck also um for me, I had an alcoholic spouse, and 
Um, as I'm sure some of our listeners know, like and I have people had. <laughs> who have substance issues or even like some people are just really poor money managers, money managers. And, and if you tend to be someone that's more prudent and more responsible with your money and your partner isn't, then it's so easy to get resentful for their spending mm-hmm. habits. And I can remember, um, my former partner spent 15 grand on a watch. And wow. that didn't have to affect me because it wasn't my money, right. you know, it, it was his separate money. And I can only imagine how different that would have been if that was our joint money. And I would have been like, you know, I, we could have bought a car with that or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but it was his money. And so it was something I kind of laughed at, but it wasn't like, oh, you just, you know, used our grocery money. Right. So, um, I... Well, with those benefits. those kind of things, when they do spend your grocery money, mm. it, I mean that those are triggers because I've had that happen too, where mm-hmm. it's where it takes out from your your personal mm-hmm. finances for bills and things, and that puts you in a disequilibrium, and it does make you not only resentful but maybe fearful too of mm-hmm. what's going to happen now because now we don't have money for what we really mm-hmm. need. Food's kind of important. <laughs> yeah, I think we get to acknowledge here too that finances is one of the primary reasons women don't leave toxic yeah. and abusive relationships. So what we're talking about here is a, it's not a little topic. It's not oh. it's not insignificant. It's something that's super important um, to protect yourself financially because you really don't know what's going to happen with any person in life, whether it's a friendship or a family member or anyone, you really don't know what's going to happen. Or something that goes wrong in life. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you don't want to be stuck in the position that, um, you have given away your financial power and you're at the mercy of somebody else. That you can't get out of a relationship because you're, Mm -hmm. you're, indebted to them or you have none of your own freedom in that then you feel stuck in that relationship yeah yeah a lot of women um have been cite, financially cite finances as their primary reason for not feeling like they're capable of leaving and um so this, this is a big topic it's something that i see in mediation or just in domestic violence cases cases in general where that comes up as a big um a big boo-boo, big area where we've had a lot of woundedness. This is also, for me, this was a big experience around boundaries. We've talked a lot about boundaries and upholding those boundaries. And this is one of those areas where we get to do that. Pay attention to what your partner or your spouse's reaction is when you want equality. If their reaction is resistance, if their reaction is manipulation or coercion, uh, pay attention to those red flags. Those are important. Your partner should be very equally invested in you. Being respectful, having freedom, having independence, because here's the thing is in any relationship, whether it's a friendship or a romantic relationship, equality and me being my biggest and best and most Mm -hmm. empowered self is best for you. Mm -hmm. And you being your biggest and brightest best best self self is best for for me. It's what's honoring. And so if you want so much power in a relationship that you want me dependent on you, and you want me at your mercy, That's that is a big red flag. <laughs> it is. That's a big red flag. And I see that happen in a lot of relationships. Mm-hmm. And it's labeled as love. 
and it's not love. That's not love. That's control. That's control and manipulation and power. So we get to really be conscious about, you know, is our partner invested in mm -hmm. us being our best selves, in being our most free and independent self? Huge point here is that choice, right? Love Always. is a choice. So whenever love isn't a choice, it's not love. If I'm dependent on you or I'm at your mercy, I no longer have choice. It's no longer love. That's power. So we get to pay attention to that. We get to pay attention to our partnerships and if they are choice. You know, if I'm here, if I can be on my own freely and I choose to stay. Oh, it only makes things better. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is beautiful. Yeah, so we get to have our own power and we get to have our own freedom of choice. Yeah, let me look at some of the I was looking at some of them comments here. All right, Shauna, Heather, so glad you're here. Hi, Shauna. Um huge passion of mine. This is definitely downplayed a lot. Yes, mm -hmm. Shauna, it is. I've always been in take relationships. I was so drained from it. No more. Learning boundaries was so key for me. Yeah, me too. Amen, sister. <laughs> now she's um, helping other women. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, and Cassandra, so glad to see you here as well. Um, yeah, so I've been in, in different relationships, and one of them, I remember uh, my partner at the time was an addict, and he was using my credit cards. And I remember there were a lot of lies around the topic. I, oh my gosh, I'm, you know, there's $2,000 that was just taken yeah. from me. And then, and then I get the police involved, and I would start the fraud, um, investigation and then he'd cop to it oh it was me and then this is where I get to own my part I dropped it all and I can't count the number of times this happened and in a two-year span I was a very very unhealthy codependent I had had no recovery at this point and I was in thirty thousand dollars of debt by the time I left that relationship that was a tough tough lesson for me mm -hmm. I was in the same same thing gambler and an alcoholic both and that addiction led to yeah thousands like you said uh, tens of thousands of dollars gone mm -hmm. and yeah and not listening to the warning signs mm -hmm. and feeling financially trapped and yeah yeah that was tough. That was tough to walk away from that relationship and it was tough. You know, it had to take so much pain before I finally said you know, I had gotten to the point where I was hiding all of my credit cards, mm -hmm. which is icky. If you're in any relationship where you're having to hide anything, yeah, like that's not big red flag. At all, yeah. Um, but yeah, I would hide all my credit cards and I wouldn't keep cash on me because I knew it would be gone. And I finally, I had gotten some Al-Anon. I had been in Al-Anon for about a year. And I finally said, you know, um, if you steal again, I will press charges. Um, that will be... That will be something you'll be back in jail for. Mm -hmm. And I had to get to the point I was willing to follow through with that boundary. And this is so key in any topic, in any area of our relationships, when we get to the point that we're willing to take action. A boundary mm -hmm. is only a wish. It's only a request until, until you you're take willing action. to take action. Um, then it's actually a boundary. Which means you're going to have to have that hard conversation. Mm -hmm. And it could be that your partner has no idea. They... Oftentimes, we've experienced that they do have an idea, but it's still a conversation. It, it, it's, it's a very difficult one 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if they're not willing to have that conversation, that's also a flag. Yep. And I think sometimes there's lip service that's given, mm. you know, like they're saying that they want to understand or, but the and they want to continues. support you. So, you know, if they're saying that they want equality, but then there's their still, actions don't show it. Yeah. If they're still making decisions solely with the finances, then they don't really want equality. If they are referring to their money as my money, mm-hmm. then they don't really want equality. Yeah. Um, if they are very resistant when you bring up wanting to be equal and they're not solution oriented, they are not interested in equality. So, I mean, just being, um, being curious and open, you know, sometimes we really want to believe that our partners want equality and we want to believe that our partners want the best for us. Yes. And sometimes that's not the case. And so being willing to see the Look truth, at the truth. Yeah. is tough. Even if you do decide to stay in a relationship, because at least you know the truth, right? And I'm a firm believer, and we've talked about this before, that sometimes we're in relationships to learn and master, and sometimes we know we're not done. But even if you know you're not done with a relationship, and you can still look at the truth that your partner isn't really interested in your equality, you can still take steps knowing that about your partner. You need to be even more so. Diligent, very mm-hmm. diligent. Right. And I think, because um, I've worked with the WCA before, the Women and Children's Alliance, and if you know that about your partner and you're not re- yet ready to leave, you can take steps to slowly put money aside or um, find ways to to pull those resources mm-hmm. to the side for when and if you might need them. So that's mm-hmm. a contingent, have a contingency plan. Yeah, if you know that you're in a toxic relationship and you're struggling to get out, then yeah, definitely put together a plan and get some help for that. Um, I think there are a lot of us that are, are not in a relationship where we're feeling really abused, but there's a lot of old thinking patterns. You know, this is, and I'm not... It's an I'm, old thinking pattern. I'm not saying that there's any judgment towards these men or women who have thought this way because we're talking about thousands of, and thousands of years where women, ha- the norm has we've been, been conditioned for women to, to be suppressed. Marie couldn't even have a credit card in her name. I could not have a credit adult. card. I know, I'm an adult and I could not have a credit card. And, and it said Mrs., on it so Mm -hmm. I couldn't even have my own name on it so how telling is that like this is new this is new freedom for us and Mm -hmm. so sometimes you know I've I've heard women have uh, some frustration when they sit in my office and they're like why is this so hard why can't I just make these changes you know I see it but then it's so difficult to actually follow through and we get to give ourselves a little bit of a break because we are charting brand new territory. We are breaking patterns that are deeply embedded in our DNA. You know, as women, it is, it's become our norm to be in this oppressive state of mind and that, you know, the men hold all the power. And so just by being willing to acknowledge something different, that's huge. You're Even, breaking some patterns. Yeah, we are, we're breaking patterns just by acknowledging the truth. So that gets to pioneers. Be, yeah. Yes, we have credit cards now. <laughs> and there are women. I mean, I know um, I know women in Africa, they can't have credit cards right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Quite a few. I mean, so there's places still 
all over the world where we aren't allowed to have that financial freedom. We're so blessed. Yeah, we think this is an old issue, but it's really not an old issue. It's it's still right in our face. Even getting the right to vote is only 100 years old mm-hmm. this year. So. Yeah, yeah. So we get to acknowledge how far we've come. Um, and then we get to continue to press forward, too. There's still a lot be warriors. to be done. Yeah. yeah. So I want to make sure that we really gave um, some time to that question. So I want to bring it back to the question that we had um, that says, so what do I do in this situation? I would, if, if it were me, I would sit down like we were talking a little bit about at the beginning and sit down and list what the bills are, what the contributions are, and actually visually see so that when you go to have the conversation, they are seeing or are or experiencing at least being on the same page of visually seeing what's what's in there and listing your bills listing what you're paying and the contributions made both ways and maybe even do like you did with the time you know if really sit down and say this is how I'm spending my time and if I'm normally cleaning the house then this is how much it would cost just finding ways to show that there's an energy exchange mm-hmm. for being caretakers of children or caretakers of the household so that you know that that it might empower someone to feel that you are making contributions that maybe society doesn't see as a equitable exchange but that's only yeah so take into account all of the contributions being made I also think this is a great scenario for that, you know, joint account and separate account. Yes, yes, so yes. So if one sure. person's money is all going towards their own business and then the other person's money is going to all the household expenses, that really earmarks, you know, that's a that's a big red flag in my mind. So you guys get Which to have... almost maybe five accounts because then you each have your personal account mm-hmm. and your business account, your joint account. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you so can do it. Your joint account gets to cover all of the the bills that you're talking about having, which, you know, your your travel, your entertainment, your food, your utilities, all that stuff. Those are joint expenses. And then your businesses, you know, if if he's in a position where his business isn't uh, floating itself and he has no extra money to pay his own bills, that's an issue. Mm-hmm. Um, in my mind, that's that's a little bit of an issue. If you are both, you both have newer businesses. Um, yeah, businesses take some some effort and some capital, and maybe he needs to take a loan out. Maybe he needs to get some some you cash. You both need to be on a budget. Yeah, to to float his business, but he doesn't get to rely on you in order to make his business happen. Um, that's. That is not very equitable, not very fair to me. This is another one of those areas where the um, the shadow of the masculine is taking advantage of the feminine. However, that cannot happen when the feminine doesn't allow it. Mm-hmm. And that's where we have fallen short is uh, we've been overly giving, we've been overly compassionate. And, and when we don't, ha- we get to have that, but we also get to have the masculine. So it's that... Having a tough back and a soft front. It's the both and. If we just have a soft front, we'll be taken advantage of. Very easily. Mm-hmm. You've got to have the tough back with the soft front. Make sense? So you both have to be on budgets too because that's 
that will really give you a visual of where the money's going, especially if you're both new businesses or, um, I, I just think it's really important to see in, in a budget so that you can, yeah. Mm -hmm. I already said visual, but anyway. Yeah, I think it's important to see what the expenses are. And, and I think that, that and if they're reasonable, because there's sometimes those, those business plans and, um, business decisions or family decisions, it, it's based off of if it's, or, I'm sorry, those business plans and budgets give you a lot of information to make mm -hmm. decisions off of. Yeah. Sorry, it took me a second to get there. Well, I think that that helps too, like just getting both people on the same page. Definitely. Sometimes we have very different ideas of what our expenses are and how and to solve And we can truly problem. be in the dark. Yeah. And this is another reason I think that it's very important to have, um, I, I call them check-ins, like every other week mm -hmm. or at least once a month, couples are coming together and talking about the important issues, one of them being finances and where are we at? And I really encourage having an agenda, you know, you yes. don't have a, a business without having business meetings, you know, you have a check-in and I think relationships are really important to do the same. Um, you're, Always. Yeah. We encourage that too. Yeah. I think that that's super important. So, you know, have those discussions. Don't let them wait until it's a conflict. Don't let them wait until it's something that now there's so much resentment and yeah, so have those conversations when things are going well. Have those conversations when you're it's happy. It's a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and set your goals. You know, it's not about just, you know, how are we doing financially right now and are we covering all the bills, but, you know, that joint money, what if there's a surplus? Do we have... Um, vacations. Yeah, can we save for a vacation? Date Maybe night. save for medical <laughs> expenses. Maybe we save for a new car. I mean, there's a lot to play with here too. Instead of just letting these things run your life, you get to take the wheel and run mm -hmm. your life together. This is just being proactive. Fun. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't see any more questions. Um, it's almost time. So I hope that you've all gotten something out of this. And uh, please send us your questions. Yes. We will certainly answer them the best we can. Uh, we love to have these discussions and we'd like to get everybody's contribution. Yeah. yeah. So thank you for all that made comments. Um, again, thanks for the uh, Facebook Live community and the Podbean community or the Spotify community, whoever, um, wherever you're listening from, whatever platform you've chosen to listen to today, we're grateful for your presence. And um, if you want to find us again next week, we do these recordings every Thursday. And if you want to email us any of your questions or comments, challenges, successes, whatever you want to share, your stories, um, you can email me at defytheaverage at gmail.com. Marie at mariesgold.com. And we would love for you to follow us on Facebook as well. We have our uh Braveheart Conversations podcast group. You can find us at facebook.com slash groups slash Braveheart Conversations. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap up for the week. I hope you have a phenomenal week and we'll talk to you again soon. It was awesome to see you. Thanks for joining us. Bye-bye. What you just stupid